Boomcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Boomcast. We have another great episode here for you today. As always, I'm your host, Storm. I'm joined by my co-host, Jim. What's up, guys? If you could be so kind as to like, comment, and subscribe, and turn on those notifications, it really helps out the channel. All right. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, she's very well known in the COD amateur scene. She's, in my opinion, the queen of tournaments. Uh, she's a female gaming pioneer, some might say. We have Avidity. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Jimbo? Chilling. Chilling. Waking up. Wake up. <laughs> All right, so Avidity, for people like obviously in the COD AM scene, you're very well known, but for anybody else uh, in our following or whoever might stumble across this podcast who doesn't know you, uh, we just like to get a little background on our guests. Um, I guess talk about your beginnings in the COD amateur scene, um, how things are going right now, and any like future plans that you might have uh, in the AM scene or in your esports career. Um, yeah, uh, just who is Avidity today? Yeah, um, I grew up playing video games with like my godfather, my godparents and things like that. Um, I didn't get into Call of Duty until about COD 4, Modern Warfare. I had actually bought the game for my boyfriend at the time and I ended up playing it more than he did. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I just really fell in love. I I fell in love with it. I, I made some amazing friends online and um just fell in love with the aspect of social gaming and um i've played every call of duty since and um i think it was in bo4 was when i hosted my first tournament and you know i realized it's it's not hard it requires patience it requires you know a lot of patience a lot of empathy um you you have to have thick skin because people get upset when they don't get their way but um, it, it wasn't difficult for me. And I realized that I, I could do that. And it was something that, you know, people needed. They wanted to play something outside of, you know, I mean, obviously the top AM scene has their thing with, with challengers or, or, you know, they had the CDL at the time or the CWL yeah. at the time. Um, but we needed somebody, we needed something for those of us who wanted to play competitive, but weren't at that level of competition either. And so, um, you know, we started, I, I just started hosting and I wanted, I wanted something for the females. I wanted to be female focused. I had the, the female pro league. I joined the female pro league in BO4. Um, and it was just unfortunate the way it happened there. Um, I think that it was a really great idea. It was just poorly executed at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the game came out in October. We didn't get to play a single tournament until the end of february you know was this like, like sanctioned time. by the league no the, league uh, the female pro league is is completely separate from okay. from the actual league um but i mean it, it they, and they did a lot right in their own you know in their own way um it was just like i said it was just poorly executed timing was off and things like that and then after bo4 they just shut their doors and i hear they're making a comeback i don't know what they're doing but um you know, I I really enjoyed my time in the female pro league. Um, I learned a lot, and I I felt like somebody really needed to pick up where they left off, and so I, I I've done my best to do that. And you know, we've got a lot coming in the future. Right on. So it sounds to me, based off what you said, that your first I guess dive into tournament hosting started with like you personally wanting something more to play in you know like you said there was challengers and all that but that's not for everybody uh, would that be accurate like you wanted to fill a hole that you saw yeah definitely it was like me and my friends were playing league play and we were like this is cool but this isn't enough yeah and so they were like you know you're smart you should host a tournament so i said why not i tried it and it it just took off Right on. I mean, that's the best form of innovation is like you make something yeah. from nothing. <laughs> so you, you mentioned that you, um, you started playing COD and COD 4 in Modern Warfare. When did you start getting into like the competitive Call of Duty? I played my first GB in Black Ops 2 um, and just fell in love. Great game to start playing GBs yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some say the greatest, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's definitely in my top five. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Well, uh, let's let's segue right into that because uh, I wanted uh, this is one question I actually wanted to start asking people who are more like who come from a specifically COD background. Give me your top five. I, I want to know your top five. Do uh, they have to be in order? Um, like I want. Okay. I kind of want them in order. Oh just <laughs> yeah, I, I know, it's hard because I know how hard it is. Like whatever I try and give my top five. Maybe start with let's do top three. How about that? Let's no, do, I can like, do five. Hold okay, on. she's I'll played enough. She can do five. <laughs> so, all right. Um, number five for me is definitely going to be Bo Four. A lot of people hate on it. I loved the way it played. I'm right number there with you. Four. Um, number four would probably be Modern Warfare 2. Um, number three would be Black Ops 3. Okay. Number two would be Advanced Warfare, and number one would be Black Ops 2. Okay. That's a good list. I, I wasn't expecting the Advanced Warfare, but I will say... Advanced I, Warfare is one of my favorite Call of Duties of all time. I think it was just really before its time. But I, I was a huge fan of Jetpack. I completely agree with you. I didn't personally play that game, but like I was huge into like advanced movement. Well, Halo-type advanced movement, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like I would have liked it, but I agree with you. It was before its time. Like They were really trying to... like think outside the box and like now everything's back to boots and stuff but i feel like if that game dropped like next year or the year after it would really hit absolutely i really I played, wish jetpack uh, would come back i played titanfall during that time and i just like i played titanfall and then call of duty came out with their jetpacks so i was like nope you're just biting off titanfall and i was a titanfall fanboy dude like i love that <laughs> game like i remember so i put down call of duty and ghosts and I had not played a Call of Duty for, since Ghosts until Modern Warfare, the most recent one came out. Ew. You were deployed, so, right? Is that why? Um, I was, yeah, I was just really busy. I was deployed on and off. Like, I'd gone to Qatar. Um, I'd gone to Eastern Europe. And um, just really busy in my Army career. It's kind of like the mid-range between a, I was a sergeant and then trying to get promoted to staff sergeant at the time. So just pursuing a lot of schools and stuff like that. I was just super busy. Yeah, it's kind of hard to keep up with COD at that point. Yeah. All right. I, I like that top five personally. Um, my, my favorite, and again, like, so I'm going to ask you this, going back to your top five, how much of it is based on like nostalgia, like just good times with friends in, in a specific game? Obviously, yeah. Um, there's some nostalgia, definitely the memories created on the game, but it's also the most in, like the games I most enjoyed playing. Right. Like Modern Warfare, I was good at like the most recent Modern Warfare. I was good at, but I hated the game. Like it just wasn't fun to play to me. And that's kind of how I feel about Cold War. I, I wouldn't say I'm good at the game, but it, it's just not fun to me. I don't enjoy it. I have all the same friends. I love hanging out with my friends and things like that, but the game just isn't fun to play. And those games, all of those games on that list were really fun to play. Yeah, it's like, it reminds me of that feeling when like you you play it for hours on end and like you sleep and like all you can think about is hopping back on with your friends. Like that yeah. that feeling, like it's it's rare and like not all CODs hit that way, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the days of wanting to like miss work to play. Yeah, duty, like... like Hmm, I'm going to call in on Friday. <laughs> yeah, old, at this point, uh, I'm okay with taking eight hours a day away from God. Like, yeah. The old midnight releases. How many, midnight, yes. how many midnight releases have you been to? Um, Almost all of them. I think I started, I think BO4 was the first game I ordered on, like, digitally. Before that, okay. I went to every midnight release. Yeah. I have I have a funny story. So when the PS4 first came out, I lined up, so at my local Walmart, I heard that they were getting some stock, right? So I line up, and I, I live in Canada, like I'm in the Toronto area, uh -huh. and it was like November 30th or something like that. It was like minus 25. I'm lining up at 11 p.m. at night, pitch black, freezing cold, and there's about like, I don't know, I'd say 20 of us there, 
Uh, it was a, I'm going to say it was a cool experience though, because like everybody was a gamer, obviously. And like, I got to meet people in line, like cool people in line, got to connect. Like we were just talking video games all night. And then we ended up, uh, each of us would like start one of our cars and we would all like kind of rotate, heating up, warming up, going back, saving each other's spot in line, going back. And then, uh, yeah, they opened the doors at like 8am or 9am. We ran in got our playstation 4s i remember buckling it into the passenger seat just that that feeling you know (laughs) (laughs) i almost didn't get black ops 2 i was like 21 or 22 and i went to get it and they carded me and i didn't have my id no and they almost didn't give it to me wait who the heck what yeah Yeah, wait they they did they I was mind blown, honestly. Like, is it because of like the gore or whatever? I, yeah, because it's a mature game. Like, you're not supposed to sell it to anybody under seventeen. And wow. they actually carded me and like almost didn't sell it to me, but like I had a pro account, and so they were able to like lo- like sign in. Oh yeah, shirt. yeah. Look but, at your profile. Yeah, like they was weren't gonna sell me the game because I yeah yeah. All the midnight releases I went to were so they have game stops on military bases in the post exchange. So it's just all like the gamer nerds lined up midnight releases. Like that's pretty cool that they have that. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> Most of them do. Right on. By the way, speaking on your love for Titanfall, Jim, we need to get you your Apex working because I have a feeling you'd love that game. You've I've played, played it like once. I've played it like once before, but I was alone and never like picked it up again. And literally, that was like when the game first came out, because uh, I was playing Titanfall two at the time, and uh, then Apex came out, and I just I lost the ability to log into my Origins. Like I can't. I <laughs> he can, can't I get in his account on my game. I like loaded up on the game, and it's like you got to log into Origins or change your password. I'm like, okay, so I go in there and I just. This one, there was like a email that I had made. Literally, I was like twelve when I made this email. It was like J I M B zero underscore X one. It used to be like my A I M like like login when we used to just chat A I M. Now you're really bringing and, it back, right? Yeah, <laughs> and um, I no longer have access. Like I guess Yahoo, if you don't log into it over X amount of years, like I haven't logged in this thing in like six years, dude, and. uh I lost but access to that email. Exposing your age. I lost. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, we, we talked about this in the Goofy podcast. I think like you called yourself the boomer. Yeah, like in the yeah. COD scene, we're boomers, but really we're just millennials, right? Like, yeah. That fits into the name, dude. The Boomcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not what we were going for, but I guess it fits. Just a couple hey, of boomers. Pi- we are like the pioneers, man. I don't want to hear anything of it because, like. When I was playing competitive Counter-Strike in high school, it was like 2005. I was like 15 years old, man. Like that was when like gaming and esports really started like really picking up. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? So you're the reason the community yeah. is so toxic and in shambles. Oh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't see her going <laughs> I never, there. So I never got into competitive Call of Duty till last title. So I <laughs> I had no idea what even Hardpoint was until last title. So Yeah. Uh, good segue though avidity um i guess we like to ask anybody like who's in the cod scene so obviously jim and i like we're trying to do our thing over here uh we recently uh started an org we're going to be having like our big reveal rebrand reveal coming up soon and then we also have this podcast like again trying to uh reach out to the am scene reach out to bring bring uh people in esports outside of just call of duty like into the call of duty world and just try and educate people but it's no secret that the call of duty am scene especially is like a super toxic environment a super toxic place and like we're trying our best to like wade through those waters and like make a difference but i just wanted to get your opinion as a fellow person in this scene and someone who's uh doing a lot for the community um what are your thoughts on, you know, why it's so toxic and like, what do you think needs to, what do you think needs to change? Like, what do you think this scene needs to, uh, just be a, a little bit more of a positive experience for kids? You know, the sad thing is that the toxicity that's in Call of Duty is not exclusive to Call of Duty. Like we see it more online just because 
pe- just because it's online, because people feel like there are no consequences for the things that they're saying. But the things that they're saying, like that, that's their personality. They really think that, you know, that's funny to them or it's humorous in some way. And it's just not like, it's just immature. And I think that I, I honestly think that's the problem is that it's just riddled with, with teenagers who just keyboard warriors. Yeah. They just, you know, and, and especially like the current generation, like they just, they live without fear of consequence. And, um, you know, they, they grow up as, as keyboard warriors from a very young age. I'm, I'm not going to lie. My son had his first phone when he was nine. Like I didn't get my first phone until I was working and I could pay for it, but he was walking home from school. I didn't want him. Like I had my reasons, but, and like kids today are getting phones earlier and earlier. They have access to so much more information with the Mm -hmm. internet and, you know, YouTube videos and, and their role models are just different than the role models that we grew up with. And very true. You know, the, the current, you know, if you think about it, like the teenagers that are all playing competitive pod right now, they grew up with role models like Mutex and Expose. <laughs> yeah, and, you're right. Like, you can't really blame them for, I mean, that they just think it's normal. All the and more so, important for like, I guess. Influencers. To yeah. Really, that, that's what has to change is influencers have to realize that kids are watching. You know, even if you label your channel for mature content for mature audiences only or whatever. You know, you have a, you have an obligation, you have a responsibility and you yeah. have to understand that whether you want them there or not, children are watching and they're going to mimic what you say and do. Yeah. I mean, there's this whole like mentality with like streamers or content creators or whatever, um, where it's like, oh, like I started making content because I wanted to make content. Like I make whatever content I want to and like whoever doesn't like it can like, you know, screw off or whatever. But like there has to be a certain level of accountability like to the point where you have like thousands of, you know, younger children, younger kids that are watching you, like you have to, at some point, take some responsibility for the things you say and try and just be a good person. You know what I mean? Like there's this whole mentality, like, oh, I don't care. Like if you don't like what I'm saying, don't watch. But like, no, like, you know, these kids are going to watch and some of them are going to mimic you and maybe they don't have a stable home life and like you're the person they look up to. And if you're providing them with nothing but like shitty advice or a shitty, a shitty uh, role model, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the odds of that, you know, that kid, if they're spending all their free time watching you because like their home life's not that great, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just has to be a certain level of accountability. I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's unfortunate. Um, I feel like empathy is just something that that's been lost in the in the current. Um, I forgot what I was saying, but like, yeah, just kids today, they lack basic character skills that that were like drilled in us. You know, those I remember like in elementary school, like we had like the pillars of character. Yeah. 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 Like those were like drilled into us from a very young age. And I don't, I feel like all of that has just like been forgotten. Yeah. Well, kids have been out of school recently too. But one of the things that it kind of like helps kind of ease the mind is high schools and colleges and even middle schools are starting to pick up esports programs as a way to kind of reconnect with students and continue that, that growth. Um, and before you know it, the next decade, like everybody, every school is going to have their own little esports team, whether they're playing Call of Duty or anything like that. Nine times out of 10, they're going to have a Rocket League team or an Overwatch team or something. But yeah. the way for those teachers and coaches to kind of reconnect and re-engage those mm-hmm. students on, on that level of development. So, yeah, and it, it's it's it'd be a great day when that happens and that becomes more mainstream. And then these character building things that we're talking about that we were, you know, that was, were drilled into us when we were growing up, if they can somehow integrate that into this next generation, whether it's through esports or through whatever, and, you know, esports can really start fostering like healthy, uh, you know, environments for these kids. Like they spend hours and hours and hours on video games. Like hopefully the goal would be down the road that they come out of it with good friends. They come out of it with, you know, good uh, networking experiences they come out of it with some knowledge like you know as far as what they want to do with their life do you know what i mean like esports is still so young um but i feel it it can have such a huge impact on the next generations yeah like it, it you you mentioned networking there's leadership building like 
Yes. There's so many essential skills that can come out of esports that, you know, people just overlook because all they see is like, you know, they just want to get, they just want to reach that pro level and secure the bag. And, you know, you're missing that there's, there's so much more to gain from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like anything in life that you spend hours doing, the goal would be that you are getting some self growth through it. Right. Um, and if you're just hyper focused on the bag, you're kind of putting yourself in a corner as far as like how much you can grow as a person while you're, you know, spending all like, we only live once, man. You don't get that time back. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyways, moving on. <laughs> we're, we're such, we're, we're living up to the boomer name right now. They're, they're yeah, gonna be like, look at these. Just thinking that these boomers, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I'm not playing Call of Duty to learn. I'm, pr- I'm yeah. To get what are these guys you talking about? Half of your target demographic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. If you don't like it, don't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it, don't watch. <laughs> no, keep watching. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Learn something. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to get back to the the tournament stuff. Um. So, uh, for people who don't know, um, just maybe dive into a little bit of like what your, uh, strategy is with hosting tournaments, like what kinds of tournaments you like hosting? Is it random? And, uh, do you do it all by yourself? Do you have like a team? Like what, what goes into, uh, I guess, hosting a tournament on your end? Yeah. So up until recently, I was doing it all on my own. I was kind of a one man army. Um, I kind of tried to listen to the community and, you know, those who, who are active in my events and, you know, I, I communicate with a lot of them on a regular basis. If somebody, and, and I pride myself on being really approachable. Um, and so when somebody wants to play something, they'll message me and say, Hey, you know, I'm always open to feedback. They'll be like, Hey, you know, this is something I was thinking about. And I'm always open to that. Um, they'll come and they'll tell me like, Hey, I was thinking like, I really want to play this or you did this one time and it was a lot of fun. Can you host another? And, you know, I just, I listen to that feedback and, and I try to implement as much as I can. And so, um, I was hosting, you know, one, I was, I was hosting one co-ed and one female only tournament just because like I said, I really feel like being a female in gaming is really tough. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it's just hard. There's, like it's hard in general. We've already talked about how toxic the esports scene is, but as a female, um <laughs> I can't even imagine. There's yeah. like there's a couple there's a couple TikTok personalities that I personally follow. Like I'm not kidding you. So like I love watching TikToks. Like dudes will be talking so much shit in the pregame when they find out it's a girl. Yeah. And then she just goes on to just like run the clips of her just literally smoking the dog shit out of the mm-hmm. other team. And then there's just crickets. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. I, w- I was going to hit on this topic with you. Yeah. I don't experience crickets. What happens is we'll start like, I don't talk at the beginning of the game. You know, I don't let them know I'm a female off the jump. We'll play a few rounds. Like if we're in control, I'll play a couple rounds of control. They might win a defense. They're going to get real cocky. Like, okay, you're supposed to win your defense. Calm down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, then, you know, we'll start making a comeback and they'll start, you know, they'll like, oh, that avidity guys, us, whatever. And like, I'll be like, I'm what? And oh my God, it's a girl. Go back. And (laughs) it's always like one thing or another. It's always like I'm getting like fat shamed or slut shamed or I'm being told to like go back to the kitchen. Like, like I didn't realize that we were playing in the 1950s. Like I just, it's, it's incredible. And it's either like demeaning in that sense, or it's like, so what if you're a girl, we're all on the same level. Okay. I respect that. But if that's true, then, you know, team with me. Yeah. (laughs) And the fact, the fact that you feel mentally that you have to not say anything at the beginning of a match, just because you don't want to, dive dive into that rabbit hole is complete like bullshit like it shouldn't have to be that way like you should be able to yeah be who you are talk like the rest of us and like i'm sorry i'm gonna go on a little rant here but it's fucking bullshit that uh males think that they're superior to females in anything in life really but especially on a video game like it is a equal ass playing field we all have fucking fingers we all have a brain we all have eyes it's 
the same playing field and like even when it comes to like the pro league and stuff like that like if you asked for my thoughts like females should be you know given the opportunity to be in the pro league as well like i just think it's complete bs and like to all the males out there like if you're watching this and like you know you trash talk females or or you're toxic towards females on the video game like unsubscribe right now like i don't want you watching this podcast you're the problem you're the problem like get out of here um i'm sorry that's just my opinion opinion on it um i think there's a huge spot for both genders in esports and gaming like it shouldn't even be a topic of discussion like anybody should be welcome at at any given time you know yeah like i i love i'm sorry jim go ahead so i was just gonna say the potential for growth and actual like for females to kind of step in and kick in that door is just out of this. Like, it's just, there's so much potential. Just think about this. Socially, females typically mature a lot sooner before men, right? Females, like, in the younger ages, like high school, like, they tend to do better in school than than most males as well. If you think about the way they're the way their development occurs and the way their brains are working a female that's the same age of like of as like a top uh male am if she were to get a hold of the game when she is young and actually start at like say age 12 and then she hits the challenger scene when she turns 18 nine times out of ten if, if that occurs like she's probably gonna be a force to be reckoned with you know what i mean given yeah. the fact that she's had so much more advancement and, and that's just science right there you learn about it you hear you hear about it like women develop sooner than men you know yeah. what i mean and especially when it comes to their social and and the way their brains are so who knows that could be just like an untapped potential thing that females aren't really understanding and that males are kind of like gatekeeping and we need to open those gates and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for cursing and getting all, but I just, I hate, I hate, uh, any kind of discrimination or anything like that. So I respect it. Yeah. Um, honestly, like you said, there's, you know, we all have fingers, you know, esports is a level playing field. And I love that you said that because a lot of people agree with you. And, you know, they've told me that like my, my female only tournaments are sexist and I'm excluding men and, and I understand why they feel that way. But as a female, I also understand why it's necessary. Because like you said, we all have potential to be great here. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, men don't want to team with females. Like, it's just facts. Like, you're, I, I know girls in the community who are playing right now on men's teams. And they just, like, deepen their voice when they play. They don't even let mm. it. Their teammates don't know they're females. That's how bad it is. Yeah. And wow. people have like literally told me that I'm sexist for hosting female only tournaments, but it's, it's absolutely essential because like some of the best girls in the community right now, like Amelia Rose and Azura Anarchy, like they're competing in challengers, but I don't know that they would have gotten that shot without showcasing what they could do in the female community first. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're, you're doing it because you, course. you feel the need to set up a safe space for females to just be themselves. Like I totally yeah. understand that. And yeah. like to anybody, any of the dudes out there that are like, oh, it's sexist, like get out of here, bro. Like let them have their thing. Like let the girls yeah. do their thing. Like you're, it's not hurting anybody. You have plenty of options to go compete. Like just let them have their thing. Like exactly. There are hundreds of other tournaments that are open to the community. And I'm, I mean, now like I'm hosting community events as well. There's a free entry mm-hmm. 2v2 SD tomorrow for the entire community, no roster restrictions. There's a 4v4 variant on Sunday, no roster restrictions. And like, so I have community, I have events for everyone, but the females need their, their place to shine. They need a spot mm-hmm. like, and it's not to create their own league or, or, but they deserve a chance to showcase their skills with no judgment, with no, you know, yeah. meditated dispositioning, just let them go out there and play the game and show you what they can do. So that then when you have a spot opening up, you might consider them. Yeah. I, I, I read an article. Sorry, Jim. I read an article recently. I don't know if it was an article or if it was like a, a Twitter post, but it was based on the fact of like, I guess, psychology. Um, the reason men or males would react the way they do when like they hear a girl in a game or whatever and they get all, it's because they're insecure. It, like it stems yeah. from insecurity. And like, if everybody just like 
cut the BS and lost all the ego and, you know, which is a very hard thing to do, uh, especially in this community. But if everyone just like let their egos go for a second and just had fun and treated everybody, you know, with respect and equality and fairness, like this community could soar, you know, beyond where yeah. it's already at right now. I mean, I do love that, like, it just happened last year, but finally, like, even the league is incorporating females. You know, I think Lottie is amazing. I love seeing Jess Brohard in the scene. You know, Alley Cat and Dream Crazy just got picked up. And I love that they're incorporating more females. Uh, UIU, which I feel like it took them way too long because UIU is a, is a female-led organization, but they just picked up a female team. And I feel huh. like now that, like, bigger... I know like in BO4, Mazer picked us up. Like I played for Mazer in BO4. Um, so, I mean, but it's, it's nice to see larger organizations getting involved and, and picking up female rosters and things like that. It's really commendable. And I think that we're starting to move in the right direction. I really was trying to pick up a roster about a month or two ago. Cause I mean, just simple fact that like my background um, in the army is just like professional development with soldiers. And I think, if I could connect that way to a team of females and a team of males and just kind of spread that, that knowledge I have, I would love to work with the team and just be able to like help them out, coach them, do whatever I can to just kind of like just shoot them above what they're already trying to do. You know what I mean? Cause like I fully support the integration and I think it's great. I think we need it. Um, and honestly it would, it would help the scene out quite a bit because High school, the, when I'm sitting in these meetings and, and we're talking about like high schools and colleges picking up esports, Call of Duty is not in the conversation. The moment right. someone the, the moment someone says, "Hey, what about Call of Duty?" They're like, "Nope, not even going to touch it." So it's these things we're talking about now that need to change in order for like Call of Duty to really be like America's esport. You know what I mean? How like the NFL and football, like that is America's sport. For Call of Duty to be America's esport and just be the powerhouse it can be, these things need to change, in my opinion. Definitely. 100%. And back to your point uh, about, you know, females, you know, starting to make a come up in the COD scene. Also in the esports scene, like a few shout outs, shout out Lindsay over at Envy. She's the social manager for all things Envy, Dallas Fuel, etc. Um, shout out Yangson over at New York Subliners, shout out, uh, Lena over at Toronto Ultra. Like there's a lot of females behind the scenes doing a lot of great things that maybe not everybody sees every day, but I really think like, as far as like, you know, from a infrastructure and like behind the scenes standpoint, like a lot of progress is being made. I just want to see that same progress be made in game and, you know, everybody give everybody that equal opportunity in the game and outside of the game. Right. And I think that we'll get there. I, I, I'm hopeful. Um, I just think it, it's, it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we're a small up and coming organization and podcast, but like everything we've just talked about and said, like we firmly believe that over here and uh, we're going to keep preaching it and, you know, until the day we don't do this anymore. So hopefully and hopefully more people... Yeah, hopefully more people can hop on this bandwagon and, you know, push this narrative along. All right. So, Moving on from that, I want to get to know you a little better. Okay. Um, so we have a segment that we like to run called the Triple F segment. Uh, it's just to get to know your gaming background, I guess. So it consists of three questions. They all start with an F. Uh, first okay. question is... What was the very first game, video game you ever played in memory? It has to be Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. Yeah, like I remember like I, I was little just like shooting that gun at the screen and trying to like strangle that dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Duck Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, I think for, that was, yeah, that was definitely the first game I played. For, for people who don't know the game or, you know, uh, have never seen it, what what all goes into that game? What did you have to do? Oh, it, it was on the Nintendo NES. And um, it had, like, an actual gun controller. And you had to, like, ducks would fly across the screen. And you had to point at the screen and shoot the duck. And if you missed, then this stupid little dog would pop up at the bottom and laugh at you. <laughs> 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 right on 
I remember yeah. the trigger on the gun being like super like springy and like each time yeah. you would like click it like cling 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 and you hear the spring in the hollow Every like time. yeah yeah I feel like they had an arcade version of that like I feel like I've played it on an arcade before am I wrong Probably. I yeah. mean it was it was a really popular game <laughs> right on duck hunt you heard it here yeah. uh next question uh the most forgettable video game you've ever played so this is a game that like you know maybe you got hyped about or you know someone said hey you got to try this game and you tried it and you're like hell no like i'm never playing this again you know what it was fortnite like there was a lot of hype around fortnite when it came out and i was really excited to try it and just wasn't for you get into it and my son was obsessed with it like my son and like everyone around me was just obsessed with it and i just i couldn't i tried i gave it a real valiant effort and i just i couldn't get into it fair enough i mean it's not for everybody uh yeah jim says shots fired just because like this next generation <laughs> loves that game yeah i've never played it i don't think i'll ever pick it up like i think it's dumb i've watched it i'm the same with you right there like i support that decision in all fairness it's probably just because like i couldn't conquer building um and so like i was terrible at it but i just I don't know. I just didn't like it at all. Vanilla, vanilla Fortnite. So like I played, I think season two, like pretty early on, I, mm-hmm. I played it with uh, some work friends and vanilla Fortnite, like was fun to me. But as soon as like that building mechanic started getting like super OP and exposed and like these dudes were building like freaking world trade center like towers they were building like cn towers they were building like you know the eiffel tower and just going crazy that's when like i was like okay like i can't keep up with these guys and like nor do i want to like that's not fun to me you Uh know what i mean it became less of a shooter and more of like a like how how evasive Uh, can you be can we build (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah so I'm 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 kind of with you there. Vanilla Fortnite was kind of fun, but yeah, it just got to be too much. Right. Okay. Last question. Uh, so you're trapped on an island. You got thousand up, thousand down internet. You got a console or PC or whatever system of choice, but you can only take one game with you. What game are you taking? Uh, um. <laughs> My, uh, I don't know. Like my favorite game of all time is The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've played that game about six times, all the way through, and I never get tired of it. Um, but I don't know that. I, I definitely love social gaming at this point. I think that it would probably tough like, choice. If I if. Its servers were still populated, I would definitely say Advanced Warfare. Like, I loved that game. Okay, fair enough. No, you can take any game you want. Yep. We'll, we'll even throw that in there. The servers are populated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, w- it would be Advanced Warfare. All right. Good, good, good answers. I feel like uh, your, some of your answers were different from people in the past. So, like, gives a, a good view I'm on, like, your gaming history. And your other guests. <laughs> 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 you're you're fitting right into our wheel wheelhouse so you're okay <laughs> <laughs> uh jim did you have any questions for for a video i feel like i'm doing all the talking um so aside from hosting tournaments and uh being on organizations and being a competitor you mentioned that you have an apparel line um what kind of sparked that and what kind of went into um opening up an apparel company um you you know i was approached by it um it was never something that i really thought about it was never something i was really passionate about but um it was like right after dash threads closed and all the controversy around them and you know um i i knew members of i had worked for dash threads for a little bit like for a small period of time Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, I, I made some connections with it, with their production team and things like that. And I just felt bad when dash threads went under the way they did. And just kind of like everybody who worked for them was just kind of gone. Going out to dry. Yeah. And, yeah, and that went, that just didn't sit well with me. And so I was actually approached by a member of the production team there 
And they said that, you know, they they really wanted to get back into esports and they loved my work ethic and they wanted to know and they made me an offer and I I just I couldn't say no. So um I decided to take it under the wing. I decided to give it a shot. I have a few friends that, you know, work with me and, and work mm-hmm. as my sales reps and we've developed a really great relationship. We got a little behind. I was really disappointed. Um, you know, I, I felt like if we were gonna do it, we were gonna do it right. And um, you know, I let them pick the name, I let them do it all do all that. Um, but you know, I told them what was important to me, which was making sure that like, you know, our prices were competitive. I don't want to yeah. I'm ripping people off. shipping times had to be reasonable Mm -hmm. and um i mean like i said i know like the the blackouts in texas last month really set us back about a week and so shipping times were longer than i than i'd like them to be but i'm really happy to say that we're back on track now everything's all set um and i just i wanted to do something different because i i noticed like even like my org was with a larger apparel company that i'm not going to call out by name but um, I was with the Warhawks. We had apparel through a larger company and, you know, at the beginning they were really friendly, you know, getting started was super easy. But once we were there, getting somebody to con like getting in contact with somebody was just impossible. Yeah. It was just like, Hey, send an email. I'd send an email and it would take two or three emails to get an answer. And it wasn't until I was like, Hey, you know, we're threatening to leave that they were like, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get all of this rectified. And I, gotcha. I just, that's not okay with me. And so I, I pride myself on, you know, I, anytime we pick up a new customer, I make sure that I personally introduce myself and that they know that they have a direct line to me whenever they need it. And I mean, I get busy sometimes, like Mm -hmm. you guys know, I'm hosting five, six tournaments a week. On top of that, I have a full-time job. I'm a single mom and um, I coach football (laughs) and there's a lot going on, but um, I, I always, you know, everybody is a priority to me and I, yeah. I want to make sure that they know that and that they feel that way. So I pride myself on being able to, to kind of keep that going as we grow, you know, we're mm-hmm. still offering some of the most competitive pricing. We still offer some of the most competitive shipping times. And I mean, you have a direct line to me and I think that I offer some of the best customer <laughs> service in the industry. So real game. Um, Okay, so real gamer. So like, break break down kind of like what 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 you what you kind of offer as the end to end, yeah. Yeah, so so. it's actually super easy to get started. We have design packages that starting at just ten dollars, and that's like a one time fee that you would pay just for the design of your products and the setup of your store. Once your store is up, there's no annual fees. There's no nothing, anything like that. Um, Your store is up for the life of your org or or your brand, and. you know, we'll give you a public discount code that your that your members and, and fans can use. We give you a personal code for a little bit more for you, but you don't and then you earn a agreed upon commission percentage for every order that's placed using your public code. Right. And so, you know, we're gonna do all of the designing, all of the housing, all of the printing, all the shipping, and then send you a check every month. Right on. So it's like end to end coverage for people. So it makes their life a lot easier. Like you said, they don't have to worry about shipping, packaging, all of that, printing, etc. That's pretty cool. I'm going to drop a link uh, on the screen here below for anybody who's interested or, you know, has any needs for apparel. You can feel free to hit up the link and uh, I'm sure you'll be well taken care of as you just heard. Absolutely. Right on. I wanted to get your opinion on, I don't know, like what your um, involvement is or what experience you have in this specific area, but I wanted to get your opinion on college Call of Duty and uh, where you think that's going. Um, Recently, we've been talking about it a lot with other guests um, in the scene. And like, uh, as we're talking right now or not long ago, uh, Zuma actually just tweeted out that college cod is lit (laughs) and it's getting a lot of traction so college cod is becoming more of a mainstream thing um i just wanted to get your opinion on that and like do you foresee that becoming like a i guess another path to pro or um have you interacted with college players uh, in your tournaments etc i have actually i had a few of my org members actually you know leave the org to because they got picked up by college teams and things like that. Um, 
And so, yeah, um, I know quite a few individuals in the college cod scene. What's unfortunate right now is that it's still really early. Like there's there's not even an official Call of Duty league. Like there's the there's like the collegiate college league, the CCL, Mm -hmm. but or Call of Duty league. Um, But it's not like like they don't have official like schedules or anything like that yet. Like all of that's really being generated still. But what's cool is that I've been approached by the panel that's actually building that to to kind of give give my my implement there or kind of give my my advice. And and uh, so it's definitely something that I I, I'm looking forward to being a part of. Um, I think it, it has a lot of potential. And I think that if if done right, it could potentially be a you know a step a stepping stone towards Path to Pro. Um, but even not, I think that you know even a whole nother platform for you know that focuses on the AM scene that's missing. And I think that's why you know things like COD Zone and things are popping up, and that's why they're seeing the success that they're seeing because the amateur scene, if you think about it, is ample times bigger than the pro scene. Yeah, um, and it's kind of wide open. Yeah. And these are people that, you know, that you play with that, you know, that have a direct line to the community. And those are the people you want to see. Like, those are the people I want to watch play. Like, I love watching the pros play. I watch them all the time, but Mm. I want to see my friends succeed. Yeah. I I want to see people that I've played with and competed against. I want to see how they do against other people and, and some of these other top AMs. And I want to see those upsets and those underdog stories. And, you know, that AM scene is what needs coverage. And so I'm really excited that you know, people are starting to recognize that. Well, going, going and kind of talking on that piece when it comes to watching your friends succeed and stuff like that and going into, you know, schools picking up esports teams and, and things like that, the opportunity is there for scholarships. So if, if you had, say your son started playing Call of Duty and I'm sure he, he probably already kind of does, but like, Say he started getting really competitive. His high school had an esports team. And he was on the, um, you know, his high school COD team. Then he gets scouted and picked up by a college, gets a full ride scholarship. How awesome would that be as a parent to be like, yo, you don't really have to pay for much because mom, I'm just going to continue to play COD. And then this college is paying for my tuition. Like, how sick is that? I think that would be tremendous. I know that there's still a lot of parents in the industry and in the world that that still might not see it as a viable, you know, career choice. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I understand. Um, but I, I think that would be amazing. I think that there's a lot of money to be made in esports if done right. And and as long as you, you know, I, I still think the parents have an obligation to to instill character and, and make sure that, you know, their child is is growing as they mm-hmm. play like we've discussed here, but I think that's going to be amazing. Like esports scholarships are just like, those could be game changing. Those could be life changing. Well, what parents don't really realize is like, you have the, the player is at the epicenter of like the whole scene, right? Right. You have the player, but then everything that is connected to actually what like sports is beyond what like the, imagination can really like think about you have the strategy side that branches off into um coaches uh analysts and you know like theory and then you have the content creation side where you have software developers shoutcasters streamers and things like that um media and art uh, that kind of go into that realm. Graphics, have, video yeah, graphics, exactly. editing. Yeah. And there's yeah. another pillar. There's another pillar. That's the entrepreneurial side. There's your web developers, your marketing, your corporate sponsorship, your business development. You know what I mean? Kind of like what yeah. we do here as as business owners. We recently just uh, solidified and became an LLC in the state of Indiana for our new uh, organization name that we um, kind of came up with, which zip it pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then you have, the, and then you have event organization, you have an, yeah. you have an event organization, you have general managers working behind the scenes mm-hmm. talking to, I mean, when lands were going on, imagine all the work that had to be done in order to put on a professional homestand, right? You know, all the networking, all the calls to the hotels, the airlines, you know, all the everything. And then, you know, the IT support. 
You have the net with the people that are establishing the land networks. They're putting up the servers. They're ensuring that all the equipment is there. So then you have, you know, the outreach to um, sponsors from companies, you know, like Nvidia and things like that, that are providing the the hardware for that venue and for that specific entity. So, I mean, it's not just hey, they're playing the video game. If they're not successful and they don't become a pro because they're not crazy at the game, but they're still passionate about esports, they can branch off into anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like esports, like I was hinting at earlier, earlier is still so young. So not a lot of, uh, I guess, parents or whatever are privy to all of the things Jim just mentioned, but it's a multi-billion dollar industry and it's only going to get bigger as technology grows. This is a technology-based segment. As technology continues to grow, it's only going to get bigger and better. And uh, yeah, there's tons of opportunity for the next generations to like get in or even this generation. Like if you're someone who has had a passion for esports your whole life, like I have I have a friend I was talking to the other day and like he loves video games. He loves esports. Like he's been playing video games ever since he was a kid. Right. And like Mm -hmm. he always makes comments like, oh, man, like I wish I was born like now, like, you know, like I wish video games and esports was like a as mainstream and as cool as it is now, you know, because I would like be working in it or whatever. I was like, dude, you still can. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a passion for something, like you can go back to school, you can network, you can, you know. So, yeah, for anybody who, you know, any younger kids watching this or anybody really, if you want to get into esports, now's the time. It's uh, it's still young and it's only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, I had a, what was my question for you? I had another question for you. Uh, oh yes. Org ownership. Uh, so you mentioned that you, you know, were recently a part of an org. I'm not sure how long that was, but I kind of wanted to pick your brain on like the ins and outs of running an org. Um, I guess some of the harder things that go into it, some of the, you know, learning lessons that you've learned in the past and, you know, some of the rewarding things, I guess, uh, from running an org and would you ever do it again? Yeah, so I've actually been in a few orgs. Um, like I said, I, I used to play for Mazer. I joined Forfeit for a little bit as well. Um, I was in Sway until I got picked up by the Warhawks, and I actually ended up just kind of running the Warhawks. I did kind of a little bit of everything, ended up picking up an ownership stake, and it was honestly kind of the best environment I'd ever been in. It was really fantastic. Um, and it you know, nothing really happened, but unfortunately it was just over time passion fizzled out and, Mm -hmm. you know, the environment changed. It wasn't the same and it was just time. It it, it was time. Yeah. And, you know, I I mean, I, I feel like I've already said that I have a lot going on as it is, you know, I I do enough and uh, I just, um, you know, I needed to take some time and bet on myself and, and really focus on, on me for a little bit. For sure. um, But there's, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, I mean, there's so there's so many positives there. You know, you there's networking, which is always important. I feel like it's such an underrated aspect of esports. Um, you know, you you need to you need to network, you need to make friends, you need to make acquaintances, you need to get your name out there and you know, joining an org is a great way to do that if if it's done right. I've always said that when you join an org, you're going to get what you put into it. If you just join an org and just, you know, share your stream tweet in the chat. Great. Like people yeah. are going to see it. You might get a couple interactions, but right. you're not doing much. You're not really doing anything for you and your brand. Like you, if you're going to join an org, make sure that, that you fill it out. Don't look at the numbers, look at the people, fill it out, make sure that it's an environment that you want to be a part of. And it's an environment that's really going to support you because yeah. I mean, 90% of orgs today, I'll be honest, like they're not offering you much more than exposure and, and opportunities for network. Um, and, and, and as it should be, because you don't really have much to do for them unless, you know, you're blowing up Mm -hmm. yourself. And so, um, you know, it's a give and take relationship and, you know, but if you, if you do commit to an org, then commit to it, you know, get in there, get involved in the group chats, make friends, you know, get to know your peers and find out how you can mutually grow because those partnerships are supposed to be mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you start doing that, I feel like you'll see, you'll see growth on, on all ends, because I know for me personally, I know for a lot of people, you know, you support those who support you. It's easier to support those who support you and you want, it's easier to, to want to see them succeed. 
And so, you know, when you have a huge stream and it's time for you to hop off, you're going to hit somebody who supported you with that raid. And, um, you know, it's just you've got to make those friends, you've got to make those connections and you've got to put your name out there and let people know who you are and what you're about so that you can find those like minded individuals and really grow your community. Love that. Like any relationship, yeah. it's a two way street, right? Um, yeah. Whether it's a friendship, whether it's, you know, your relationship with your mom, whether it's, a, you know, a romantic relationship or whether it's you and an org, like it's a two way street. You get what you put into it and uh, both parties have to be, you know, active in that relationship to make it successful. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. From my experience when it comes to because I've been trying to like I was coaching for a while. I had like three teams under the org. This is when we were a team no trace. And it was just like. These kids were just like, gimme, 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 gimme. And yeah. I was sitting there, I was getting burnt out. Like I have a full-time job, man. Like I work from nine to five and then I'm sitting on till three o'clock in the morning, sitting in a chat, like, Hey bud, like, let's go over some vibe. Let's do some scrams. Like, no, we're going to play in this tournament. Like, can you fund it? Like what? Like, come on, man. You know what I mean? If you want us to kind of work for you, you gotta, you gotta give us some stuff in return in return. So and that's not necessarily meaning I don't want you to go out and win everything. You know what I mean? Like if you're making it to semis, if you're making it to quarterfinals, like that's cool, man. Like show some growth, show some passion. You know what I mean? If I'm yeah. sitting here wanting to guide you and like, I know the blueprint, what it takes to be successful in damn near anything. Cause it's the same thing when it comes to just learning how to pull a trigger in the army. Like it's the same blueprint practice, right? And then you watch your film, you scrim you analyze you get your you get your data you analyze the numbers you watch the pros do their strats it's 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 a it's a grind you know yeah. and i think uh, a lot of kids that come they're coming into orgs they're just like they just want the tournament funding they don't want anything else to do with it they just want right. the tournament funding and that's when orgs are just like peace dude cutting you like <laughs> yeah or or the org themselves just kind of like loses hope and you know fizzles out it's just because uh, they're not finding those uh, worthwhile relationships and people mm -hmm. who want to come in and say like, hey, like, what are you all about? Like, that's why Jim and I, like, anybody who approaches us or has approached us in the past, like, we make it a personal uh, goal to, like, sit down with these people and, like, talk to them, like, human to human, like, get to know each other. Like, you know, we're real people, you're real people. Tell them what we're all about. We have like a real big uh, family environment over here um, on our side of things. Like we really care about the people um, in our community and uh, I'm sure that they would, you know, say the same thing about us. Um, I feel like these kids who they're just jumping from org to org to org again, like Jim said, just looking for that funding, but there's no real like, okay, like what are you guys about? Like, is it something I vibe with? Okay. Like I'm, I vibe with that. I'm going to support that. Like we're going to grow together. You know what I mean? It's kind of mm -hmm. just like everybody's just running around. Give me, give me, give me. Like what can you give me? And if you take the clout out of it for a second and just look at it like as like a relationship and like a, a common goal, I feel like uh, people would have a lot more success with orgs and in at, on the flip side, orgs would have a lot more success and, you know, stick around longer, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's just my opinion. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're going to wrap up here. Uh, Jim, you have any last questions for Avidity? No, man. I'm just looking forward to... I'm glad you were able to finally get a chance to hop on the cast. I know I've been asking you for a couple weeks now. And Sorry. No, you're good. It's not your fault. I mean, we had some, we had some scheduling things too, I know. So, um, and maybe we can have you back on in the future or, you know, now you're in the Discord server. Let's jump on, play some league or whatever. I know I'm in that yeah. chat with you. So uh, just looking forward to uh, continuing to network and uh, build this relationship. And like I said, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for having me. It was an absolute joy. I'm sorry I didn't do it sooner, but <laughs> no, you're good. As hey, look, you're officially part of my network. So. <laughs> right on. You are a busy woman, and I will never hold that against you. You keep killing it. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, every, every, anybody who, uh, interacts with Avidity, um, I'm sure they know how good of a person you are and, you know, just getting to know you today here on this podcast, I can say that as well. Um, and I have a lot of respect for you and I appreciate everything you're doing in the COD scene. And, uh, yeah, I 
I look forward to also building our relationship and uh, hopefully, you know, doing some good things in the future together and, you know, continuing to make this scene grow and, uh, you know, continue to make esports grow as a whole and make it a positive place. Definitely. Awesome. All right. Thank you for coming on, everybody. If you've made it this far in the video, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for watching, listening, whatever you're doing, whether you're on YouTube or Spotify. Uh, be sure to give us a like, comment, subscribe, hit that notification bell, uh, share this on Twitter, retweet it. Make sure you go show Avidity some love. Her socials are going to be down below. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Signing out. Peace. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> and cut.